welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Black Rope, and I will be your host tonight. Tonight we're going to be working on A9, Maintain Health and Safety, Working with Beads. So this is a little bit more exciting than usual because we're actually dealing with um, talking about bees rather than just talking about health and safety. Um, this is a portion of the Certified uh, Beekeeping Technician course and uh, of course just listening to this won't earn you a certificate in it. It's just for your personal information and, and learning. So continuing on with this. <clears throat> I think last time we were talking a little bit about beekeepers feeling the sting of bees. <laughs> We all, uh, we're all real brave people and, and uh, say, oh yeah, we don't even feel it, but we do. So, what we, uh, we should probably talk about what happens when you get stung, what you need to do as a beekeeper when you get stung. So, first of all, we need to stay calm. <laughs> Jumping up and down and running around like you're whatever you got stung is on fire <laughs> is probably not the best thing to do however i have to admit there's been several times where the bees have uh, hit me once or twice and then you know i start getting more and more bees going towards that area and i've actually run out into the field and and did a stop drop and roll <laughs> just to get the bees off my uh my my uh, path and uh, I've had bees uh, chase me out of the bee yard um, and um, you know bouncing against my hat and chasing me out of the bee yard and uh, I've had um, my brother who was helping me do beekeeping he actually ran to the vehicle jumped in the vehicle and for the next 10 minutes the bee sat on the outside of his window smacking into the window trying to get at him so yeah they they will target you once they know that you're a threat and they will follow you <coughs> excuse me but uh, just know that uh, it's not uh, something personal with them it's all about business with them <laughs> see what i did there <laughs> anyways um <laughs> uh, I think my own jokes are funny. That's terrible. So the first thing you do after, you know, reminding yourself to stay calm, this is not the end of the world. Um, you take a look at the sting site and if it's covered up, um, actually the first thing you do is step away from the hive. <laughs> if, you, if you're not holding something and you're not, you know, elbows deep in this hive then just kind of set things down step away from your um, your your beehive there take your hive tool with you and you're going to expose the area that got stung sometimes they sting in between your glove and your your jacket or somewhere where your clothing is so you'll have to roll it back and reveal it and you don't want to do that right on top of the hive because they'll smell the pheromone of where the sting is and they'll come after that so then you, um, once you've exposed it, then you take your tool and um, of course, once again, I'm reminding you, you need to dull your hive tool just for this reason. 
you're going to use the flat part of your hive tool and just kind of scrape off the stinger. And the way that you're going to scrape off the stinger is um, towards the, the, the sac, the poison sac that you're, uh, that's in your arm. And the reason is, is because if you squish that sac while the stinger is still in your arm, um, you will squish all that poison into your arm. So you want to scrape it away, away from your hand and make sure that you're not squishing the sack in there. And uh, then the good thing is, is to take a look at it and make sure that there are no black stinger parts still left in there because occasionally that is what causes a, a slight infection in your hand. Um, Leaving the stinger in there, of course, is a foreign body, and, and your body will cause a, a um, blister to happen where your the stinger is um, pushed up by white dead white blood cells uh, and uh, eventually pops and comes out of your skin. So just make sure that the uh, black stinger portion of it is out. You'll notice that there is a a red dot around it already and um, just kind of monitor yourself a little bit um, kind of monitor how how you're feeling you know take a check of your breathing make sure that your breathing is is a little bit slower and everything make sure that you're not having a tightening throat feeling look at your skin make sure you're not getting any kind of rashes happening um, and um, it would be a good idea at that time, if you've never been stung before, to go get yourself from your, your beekeeping bag or your vehicle or whatever, go grab a, a little pill of uh, Benadryl and uh, pop it in your mouth. And, and you can use Benadryl, you can use Claritin, and some of the second and third generation um, anti uh, um, <laughs> oh gosh antihistamine oh that was bugging me so much so I had to pause it and and look it up again um, I I used to be a EMT and it's been a little while since I've looked up at my drug card so <laughs> anyways um, yeah there are second and third generation antihistamines which do not cause uh, drowsiness like Benadryl so you can you can take any of those as well. Uh, make sure you read the box and make sure you take only the amount that you should. Um, and usually with bee stings, we go conservative first, and then if you end up having uh, issues, then you would uh, give yourself the rest of the dose. So, and that's that's because most times you really don't need it, but just in case you you. Uh, start reacting it's always good to have something on board um, panic and anxiety multiplies the pain and can result in a serious secondary accident so if you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off and you're doing the drop and roll and you run past let's say it's a bigger operation and you're using forklifts and you run past the forklift and the forklift driver has done the dumb thing and left the bl uh, blades up you'll smack yourself in the head because you're just so out of your mind with panic and anxiety so don't worry it's not the end of the world and uh, secondary accidents you don't want to cause those 
although there are things that put that people put on stings most of them don't do very much um, you'll get uh, Benadryl actually sells um, something that you can put on your bee sting it's called afterbite it really doesn't do too much your best bet is just to throw some ice on the site and uh, the ice will take the swelling down. If you can keep the swelling from getting too much, then usually it doesn't go past that. And since you've taken your Benadryl and you've iced it, then you're, you're probably uh, going to do fine. Um, if the person has not been stung often in the past, watch for any adverse reactions such as nausea, unusual swelling, panic, fainting for a period of uh, 20 minutes, and then otherwise just remove the stinger and carry on. Most of us beekeepers have been stung so many times we can't even tell you how many times. And literally we get stung, we quickly just flick off the... Uh, poison sack and stinger and drive on and of course it's always good to say a few choice words sometimes of the bad nature so that <laughs> you can get it out of your system <laughs> I think it really helps <laughs> anyways um, systematic reactions such as hives redness or swelling elsewhere on the body vomiting dizziness hoarseness thickened speech or difficulty breathing should receive prompt medical care and uh, and I would suggest that if you are beekeeping by yourself that you do not if you're suffering some of these effects you do not drive yourself because you will cause an accident so it's best that if any of these things start happening um, you utilize like a, a dizziness hoarseness thickened speech that's the indication right there the the thickened speech or uh, thickened speech hoarseness uh, inability to breathe that's your indication right there to take your EpiPen okay so and so um, unfortunately, sometimes if you're not wearing a head net or if you happen to be, uh, if your head net becomes broken or ripped or something and you get, let's say, about 10 or more bees in there and they sting you, um, if they sting you around your nose and mouth, it can interfere with your breathing. So um, any stings around your nose and mouth, um, I would honestly just say, okay, that's it. We're closing up this hive and walking away for the day. And uh, make sure that somebody is watching you so that if things go sideways, you're, you're able to have somebody do the calling for you and get the ambulance there. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about EpiPens. Um, oh, as I were. Uh, we're. We're also going to discuss how bee sting reactions change, usually resulting in immunity after regular stings are experienced over time. Okay, so people who have never been stung by a bee usually have no itching or swelling at first. And after a number of stings, most people begin to itch more and swell at the location of the sting. 
Sometimes the swelling can be quite pronounced. However, the swelling is a normal reaction in someone who's developing an immunity and only lasts until the immunity is developed. Immunity to bee stings builds up fairly quickly in most people. After several weeks of occasional stings, reactions diminish, itching is no longer a problem, and swelling is much reduced. Seasoned beekeepers experience virtually no reaction to stings. Immunity can fade over periods of time without stings, such as over winter. Immunity can wear off, and swelling is normal the first few stings. Um, after such as winter. Um, I've had this where <laughs> usually I, I count the first five stings of the um, spring when the bees start waking up. Those first five stings are something that um, makes it so that like they really hurt for some reason. It's like the bees have been storing up their <laughs> poison all winter and they're ready to get you. But um, I, I find that after the first five or six stings, then everything's fine. Um, so now we're going to be talking a little bit about um, your, the EpiPen like we wanted to do before. Um, so EpiPens are um, uh, essentially a fail-safe device. Um, you have them so that you can... Um, so that you can give it to somebody who doesn't know how to give themselves injections and if they follow the directions they are able to uh, give themselves a shot so so essentially what you're going to do is with your EpiPen there you're going to need to grasp it in a certain way okay so you grasp it with the orange tip point in downward um, because the way that you're going to give your shot is with a closed fist and it's going to be brought against your leg so the orange tip is going to be on the other side of where your thumb is so pointed down and you're going to be removing the top which is a blue safety cap by pulling straight up you're not twisting or bending it or anything you just pull it straight up and essentially that is your um, safety pin on your <laughs> on your EpiPen okay um, without that safety pin pulled out you cannot engage the EpiPen then what you're going to do with your opposite hand is you're going to feel along your thigh for anything that may be in the way such as a pocket or um, something in the pocket more usually um, and you're going to make sure that you have through your through your clothing an easy access to your thigh now where you're going to put it is not in the middle of your thigh on the side it's going to be towards the back edge so you're going to um, you're going to put it um, probably about two inches below the middle of your thigh and usually what I tell people to do is just kind of take a look at it find the middle of your thigh um, put three fingers down there and then right there where that where the three fingers end to keep your eye on it remove your other hand and then you're going to um, side punch with the with the orange part of the needle against your thigh and <laughs> uh, unfortunately this needle it needs to be fairly long 
So I'm thinking the needle is anywhere between two to three inches long. Like it's a, it's a long needle and it's deployed by a spring. So it snaps out and you're going to feel it. And having given myself an EpiPen, I know when you feel it, the first thing you want to do is pull that damn thing out, but you're going to need to leave it in there so that the medicine gets in because the medicine is not spring injected. It needs to essentially ooze out. So you hold it firmly in place for three seconds and count slowly one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. And then after you pull it out, the orange cover automatically extends and over to ensure the needle is not exposed anymore. So once that orange thing is clicked in, then it clicks out the one to two inches and covers the needle. All right, so EpiPens are a very short um, fix. So if you haven't already, after you take your EpiPen, you take a Benadryl. Um, but if you've already taken a Benadryl, then don't worry about taking another Benadryl. You're going to get on the phone with 911 immediately after injecting yourself. And this is where some of our previous learning came into play. Um, having um, uh, from the hospital to your location of your bee yard plan uh, and it's in order for you to tell the operator how to get there um, is an important thing and you need to tell them they need to um, hurry up because you've already injected yourself and you don't have a second EpiPen and just so that you know the effects usually last only about 15 minutes so um, after the 15 minutes the uh, effects of what was happening to you previously are going to start coming back slowly but they will start coming back so you need to know you need to let them know when you gave them the EpiPen and essentially what they'll do is they'll they'll count this as a, a red call and they'll come lights and sirens okay because this is dealing with your breathing and if you're having issues breathing you don't last very long after you stop breathing so they'll come as quickly as they can and having that those directions for them to get there and pick you up is very important um, so if you happen to have more EpiPens, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to wait that 15 minutes prior to taking a look at how you're doing and then deciding whether or not you should be injecting yourself again. Occasionally what happens is after that first EpiPen, you feel um, fairly decent and then um, after the 15 minutes, um, it kind of slows down a little bit for you. Things aren't going as fast and, and you start realizing that you might be okay. <laughs> so, um, but other times you are going to uh, need that second EpiPen. So the things that you're going to be expecting is um, you're going to be able to feel your heartbeat. It's going to, you know, pound a lot harder it seems and a, a little bit faster you'll have a little bit of you'll be you'll be wanting to pant like you've been running okay <sighs> type of thing you know and the other thing is is that you might get a mild headache after taking EpiPen so 
that's just some of the things that you should expect. Um, however, your your breathing should become better, and uh, so when you end up getting the ambulance there, you're going to want to be able to tell them everything that went on and then jump in the back of the ambulance and go to the hospital type of thing. Um, if you think that uh, they're not going to make it there after the 15 minutes, then a good thing for you to do is to grab your little beekeeping notebook and write down the time that you put the EpiPen in, write down that you had a bee sting, and uh, it would be a good thing for you to, um, if you can and you know how to do it, to take your pulse and let them know what your pulse was at that time by writing it down. Those kind of things are, are a, nice, a nice thing for the uh, EMTs when they get there, but not necessary. All right, so that's our, our key points um, for the performance thing that they're going to be, um, that if you were taking this, this course that they would be uh, um, testing for. I know there are, is a lot of anxiety concerning bee stings, um, getting into the profession, getting into hobby beekeeping. Um, and I'd like to reassure you that it really becomes not a thing. You, you, it's just one of those, you know, un, you know, uh, not nice things that ends up happening once or twice, uh, a manipulation of the beehives. So, and there are certain things that you can do to, um, make it so that you don't have to deal with as many bee stings. Um, so one of the things that I talk about is developing a certain bee zen. Um, when we talk about bee zen, you know, the, uh, the Chinese-Japanese idea of uh, zen being uh, a peaceful... Um, it also has its roots in India as well. Uh, Zen emphasizes rigorous self-restraint meditation practice, insight into the nature of the mind and the nature of things, and the personal expression of this insight in daily life, especially in the benefit for others. Now, as beekeepers, we are working on the benefit of the bees, but we are also doing some inner... Um, self-reflection as well um, we're being present in the moment because if you start anticipating that you're going to get stung then you know you're not in the moment you're in the future so um, and uh, we do work on our own breathing um, it, it it does remind me a lot of meditation so when you are working with bees you will be um, moving slower than you would usually move during work. Um, in, in my experience, when I was, uh, for example, in the military, it was all go, 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 and then hurry up and wait. And so when you had work to do, you, you put your back into it and you really did it as fast as you could get it done. And uh, hopefully it would please your superiors and, and uh, you'd be able to 
um, have time to do other things. However, with beekeeping, that's not the case. Um, literally, you're moving very slow. You're um, being cognizant of your breathing. You are, and that's one of the reasons why I don't wear gloves is I want to be able to feel everything that I need to feel. So when I'm picking up a frame, I'm trying very hard not to squish any bees. And usually if there are bees in the way, if you either blow on them or just tap their backs, they'll move out of the way because they know if somebody's tapping them on the back, then they're not wanted there. So occasionally, you know, they'll turn their, their backsides up to you and the stinger's there. So if you're cognizant about what where your fingers are and what's happening you can just kind of avoid that they'll put their back ends down and start walking and you go and when you pick frames up you want to check both sides of the frames and just kind of very slowly wiggle it a little bit and pull it up and if you wiggle it and there are bees in the way they'll feel the tap tap on their back and they'll kind of move out of the way so you're going slow you're being mindful and you are concentrating on, on the current time that you're doing it and you're concentrating on your goals of what you want done and then being very careful not to squish any bees because you squish a bee, they put off a pheromone that uh, alerts others that you are in the hive and things are bad. <laughs> then things can go bad for you. Um, so by developing this, um, you and i don't know whether or not it is uh, a pheromone that is released when you relax or if it is your electricity within your body that um, decreases and allows you not to be noticed by the bees or what it is um, and if you want to go metaphysical whether or not it's your your spiritual um, presentation or, or what it is I'm not exactly sure. I just know that when I drop into this bee zen, then I have the ability to um, concentrate more and time just literally almost stands still. And I usually find that after I'm done my beekeeping, I look at my watch and the amount of time that has passed is just enormous. But I don't really feel the time going by. And um, my bees, they react to me a whole lot different when I'm in that zone, when I'm, when I'm in that way of meditation. So um, it, it's a good thing to, to start trying to develop as you're working with bees, and it will stop you from being stung as much. <laughs> I can promise you that. So with that, we're getting pretty close to the 30-minute limit here. I would really like to tell you about how much my life has been improved by becoming a beekeeper, by being able to get this bee zen. Um, it has been one of those one of those most amazing experiences. Well, thank you very much and we'll see you on another podcast.